This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive. Smart, fun radio. Brandon Hitch and Jake Patterson are a gay couple who were forced to bring their plans to expand their family forward when Jake was diagnosed with brain cancer in late 2019. And after their initial surrogate miscarried in 2022, they started dating. Kimberly Murdoch. I hadn't heard that term before. Sorrow dating. And I wonder what the dating process is like and were they successful in finding a new surrogate? Well, Kimberly, welcome to Joy Drive. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, sorrow dating. What happens during sorrow dating? It's a bizarre term, isn't it? It's, it's, I mean, you don't often associate dating with committed couples uh, intermingling. Um, but generally speaking, sorrow dating is the time when you're getting to know each other. So your intended parents, your IPs, and your potential surrogates um, and or their partners as well, if there's a partner involved. Um, get to know each other and see if you think you'll be a good fit for each other. Can we ask... It's obviously... Oh, so, sorry, keep so, going. Uh, can we ask you what your initial thoughts were when you first met? Oh, they had a really cute puppy, so... <laughs> well, um, that's the key. I, I, was, I was done, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because they took the puppy as a joke and they'd actually said to themselves, let's take the new puppy because it might bag us a surrogate. <laughs> um, and I spent probably five solid minutes on the grass with this puppy before I even looked up the lead and said hi to the human that was on the other end. It's, uh, puppies are so good and I don't want to digress, but uh, you know, they're great conversation starters with anyone. If, as long as you've got your puppy with you, you're set. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Common ground. If you know a dog lover, yep. So uh, we, can, we, we can assume, obviously, they were successful uh, in wooing you at the uh, sorrow dating. Uh, would you say to other potential surrogates that they should trust their gut feeling when making a decision? Absolutely. That can be really hard too because as a surrogate or a potential surrogate, you don't want to let people down uh. and you don't want to break their heart um, because you know as a surrogate you are so outnumbered by the amount of parents um, or intended parents that are around. So I was initially connected with a couple in New South Wales who were very lovely and we'd been about 12 months into our sorrow dating journey and we're getting pretty close to finalising a lot of things that you legally have to, but it wasn't the right fit. And actually pulling the pin, it was really hard. Mm. Um, but it's not a little thing to go into. And so I knew that um, for everyone involved, it was actually the best thing to do. Have you, uh, so, uh, have you got any other sorrow dating stories? I, I, have, I have had some terrors. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's a couple... Um, that, the Australian surrogacy community is really beautiful. Mm. Um, obviously, there's a lot of same-sex couples involved. Um, there's a lot of heterosexual couples involved as well. Um, myself and my wife did not, well, my wife particularly, she's, she's got a great intuition, did not connect with the very first couple that I was talking to. Um, and it was very clear early that they weren't prepared, they weren't invested they weren't ready. Mm. And so, yeah, that was that was an interesting one. But we did um, meet them in a cafe to, to get to know them a little bit. 
and we just said, don't mind if our, if our backpacks move. We've actually both got a Joey kangaroo. We, we just didn't tell the cafe that. <laughs> uh, so you also uh, look after baby kangaroos as well. Yeah, oh, we, we, do some, we do some native animal rescue as well. So Now, you mentioned uh, your wife had a, had a feeling as well. Um, how important has your wife been in terms of helping you through the surrogacy process? Uh, super important that she's been on board. In South Australia, because the laws are different state to state, but in South Australia, she doesn't have to be part of the legal agreement. She doesn't have to be part of the legally required counselling. But I I just can't imagine going into something this big without the support of your partner, you know, because pregnancy can come with huge complications and IVF, um, the medications, all sorts of potential complications. And if your partner's not on board and supportive particularly if your intended parents aren't really close by, I think that was just a recipe for disaster. So this isn't your first surrogacy, though, is it? How many have you done? No, no, this is my first. Oh, this is the first. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking it was the second. <laughs> so, uh, No, it, it almost, yeah, but we, we pulled the pin on the previous one. Is it hard to hand over the baby once it's born? I don't think so, uh, but... I say that now. I'm 25 weeks pregnant with the boy's baby. Mm. Um, I'm a gestational carrier, so there's no genetic link to me. It comes from an egg donor and one of the boy's sperm. And I am also on the autism spectrum, and I'm very clear that it's not mine. Mm. In my brain, I'm, I'm just growing it. I'm baking for friends is what I say. And, and I love baking for friends. I love helping people. I'm, that's just my nature. And so... Um, I really enjoyed pregnancy as well, uh, but I, I don't want any more kids. I've got um, – my kids are nearly 19 and nearly 15, so I certainly don't want to go back to the starting line. Um, and I, I think the boys are a bit mad, but they're a lot younger than me as well, they're 10 years younger than me. So, yeah, I was really excited to be able to form the connection that was just innately right mm. to undertake this. Do you think it would make a difference if you had used your egg in terms of handing the baby over? I think it would have, but I knew that for me that was never an option. My oldest has a genetic condition that is actually, huh. it's it's terminal, but they're very lucky. They're doing very well at the moment. So my eggs were never an option. But I think, yeah, I think it would be. But I ha- having said that, I do have friends that have tried gestational surrogacy and it hasn't worked the embryos haven't implanted and and proceeded to birth and they've switched to what's called traditional surrogacy which is when you use your own Mm. eggs and they haven't haven't had a problem handing over because they always know it's not for them so i think it's a lot to do with a mindset we're chatting with Kimberly Murdoch, who's a gestational surrogate for a gay couple living hundreds of kilometres away. Kimberly, I love the terms that we've learnt today, surrogating and uh, baking for friends. I think they're absolutely fantastic. You live in a, a small town in uh, South Australia. How do the locals feel about it? Um, well, the locals were interesting enough when I came out as gay and left my husband. So small towns be small towns. Um, <laughs> for the most part, people have been really excited mm. and um, really supportive. I'm obviously very conscious to surround myself with people that lift me up rather than disapprove of everything. And so for the most part, it's been really positive and really positive online. We've got a blog that we share. So it's been pretty good. What advice would you uh, provide to potential parents who are looking for a surrogate at the moment? You mentioned that there's so many of them. Uh, What advice would you say to help them be successful? Honesty. 
Honesty is so huge every step of the way. It's really hard, particularly, I mean, we know Australia is a huge country geographically. And if you can't find a surrogate within five minutes of yourself, that's very normal. And so having the communication just so honest and so open, I think is, is key. The honesty within our team, which is Squid Squad, every team. So when you match as an in, intended surrogate and intended parents, mm-hmm. you become a team. And so then the teams often come up with a fun name. So our team is, you know, 300, 400, uh, 256 kilometres apart. But that's still, you know, we're still in the same state. Mm. So it's pretty good that way. But if you don't have that open line of communication with everything, the good, the bad and the ugly, it would make it really tricky. And I think that's where that was probably the undoing of the last match that I was looking at. It just wasn't that same level of honesty. And yet when I met the boys and then when I introduced my wife to the boys, oh, they're just amazing. (laughs) And they're the sort of people that we'd be friends with anyway. Mm. And and can you remain friends with them after the process is finished? Absolutely, yeah. Um, our, our goals are that we, um, my wife and I, will be aunties. Oh. Um, and so, you know, the boys are stoked for free babysitting forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've got it made. And, That'll save a fortune. Yeah, they do. They, yeah, they've got a pretty good deal. But yeah, we. I'm certainly keen to remain involved. It doesn't always happen, but I think that comes down to the foundation you set up mm. in the beginning. Um, you know, before there's a pregnancy. Um, but life does change and sometimes the teams do break down after handover and and that's really devastating. I've seen that a little bit with other people and I can just hope that we've got a solid enough foundation that that won't happen with us. What about, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, there's, there's a shortage of surrogates. Uh, if someone was considering being a surrogate, what would you say to them? Oh, I think it's amazing. I It's something I've wanted to do for quite a while. And I just think it's something really special. But mm. not everyone can do it. Not everyone's in the position to be able to, to do it, um, whether that's financial or um, work-wise or what their family's up to. My kids are at an age where it doesn't impact them greatly. My, my youngest thinks it's a bit strange, but he loves the boys, loves their dogs, so, you know, he's happy. My oldest thinks it's really cool and incorporated it into some of their Year 12 um, subjects. Oh, great. So spreading awareness as well because that's something we're big on is awareness of, of things that are little known. Kimberly, um, the, uh, the big question that we're all wanting to know, when's a baby due? Mm, middle of March. Middle of March, not long. Yeah, <laughs> not that long. It, it's gone so fast. It's amazing. Um, it felt like the legals and the counselling and the relationship building took ages and then all of a sudden we're now 25 weeks pregnant. The process is so. underway. Well, uh, Kimberly, it's been a fascinating uh, conversation. I don't, I don't know anything about it so and I know a lot of people don't aren't exposed to it so we don't know. So it's good to find out and we've learnt surrogating, which I love, and uh, we'll let you go and uh, continue your baking for friends. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thanks so much for the chat. Thank you. That is Kimberly Murdoch, who's a gestational surrogate for a gay couple who live hundreds of kilometres away, but it sounds like they've made a new friend. You're on Joy Drive. Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, iHeartRadio, tunein.com or the Joy app. No matter where you are. 
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.